It is a Winner's Wednesday. It is uh, nine minutes past eight. And of course, on a Winner's Wednesday, we've got a Winner's Circle where we bring in somebody and we just celebrate them for their work that they do or their journey. And we learn from what inspired their courage to uh, be who they are. Mm. And today we are chatting to Umusa, um, Soul Sink Muta, and we're just, you know, celebrating the triumphant individual that he is. I mean, defining the odds, um, the way society would see it when he lost his leg due to cancer, his life would be over. But you know what? It just began. When Braji says, no, I got a different <laughs> plan, you just let him do his thing. Good morning, Musa, and welcome to the GMG Breakfast Show right here on Hopper Live. Good morning. Thank you for the invite. Listen, we <laughs> are so excited and honored that you said yes to our interview. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're yeah, going to... Thank you. Yes, yeah. I think just to kick off the conversation mm-hmm. to people who might not know you or, you know, hearing your voice for the first time this this morning, if you had to describe yourself using either three words or three fa- phrases, mm. um, which three words or three phrases would best describe you? Um, I am the impossible breaker. Mm. Mm. <laughs> the impossible breaker. Yeah. I, we believe you because we see it in the way you just uh, stand out. You know, um, I saw you a few years ago on uh, on a clip in a in, in a video in a music video, and then I saw you on Sion with Gregory McComa, and I was blown mm-hmm. away by your solo. And I that's when I said, I gotta speak to this brother. I got to speak to this brother. <laughs> so just um, let's rewind a little bit for some people that might not know. Um, before we get into even uh, your story of how you became an amputee, uh, who were you? Like if you were to tell us about your childhood growing up as a child, what do you think mm. were your highlights of being a child growing up? Um, I would say the highlight I'd first like to greet the, the listeners mm-hmm. and uh, and you guys. I uh, want to thank you for the, this opportunity. Um, Musa is uh, is a little brother from the um, the deep township of Val in Subukeng, Zone Fourteen. Um, growing up in this place, it, it's really an honor because I got to learn a lot of things like how to actually take care of yourself without hurting anybody else, you know, and actually how to actually be the best person you can be without getting yourself into troubles and stuff. Mm. So um, I found I found soccer, and then soccer introduced me to a lot of things. Um, I was playing soccer, and then things happened, and then I started to get sick. Then my knee got injured, you know, while playing soccer. And then that's where my journey of um, traveling from hospital to hospital started because no doctor, no specialist could find what was going on for something like six months. So um, after that, we got to have um, a surgery called um, a biopsy where they take sample of your DNA or sample of um, organ tissues. Uh, in my case, they took my bone marrow. And then they did the test, and then that's where they found out that I had cancer, and then they diagnosed me with cancer. And then, um, yeah, from there, everything happened. Mm. Chemotherapy, you know, yeah. And so what was on. your response, you know, or your family's response when you first found out that that you that you had, um, you know, cancer? 
because I was still a little boy, I mm. wouldn't say I wouldn't say this is exactly what they felt because I couldn't see. Mm. Uh, but what I saw is that it was really tough. It was really hard, most especially for my mom, you know. And um, yeah, but everybody was strong, man. I, I won't lie because my brother was there and we're still in high school, so he also got affected by it, you know. Um, you could see that he was um, losing concentration at school, you know, because he was worrying about me a lot of times. Uh, and then my grandmother was always there also. You know, my family was there, man. They were strong for me, I would say. You know? mm. Mm. Let's move to that moment when you, I mean, now in retrospection, you look back at that season because as much as you say that you were younger when this happened, do you think being younger, having experienced that whilst you were younger, did it mm. help you a lot to adjust as you grew up? Or do you think it would have been better had it happened later in a later stage for your life? Just looking back. Ah, man, you know, uh, my mom taught me something that everything happens for a reason. Mm. So I believe that um, whatever that happened to me at that point in time, it happened for a reason, you know. Mm. And I'm grateful that it happened at that time because had it happened now, maybe I was going to squash up, give up on mm. life, commit suicide, you know, think about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But at a young age, I was able to adjust quickly into a new life because mm. I had to come up with a new person not the old Musa with mm. two legs. It was me now, you know, I need to focus on, hey, people are going to look at you when every time you walk on the street. How do you adjust to that? Mm. You know? So, um, mm. I really don't, I really don't regret what happened. I'm just grateful for what happened. You know, How it was it adjusting? Yes, not being able to kick the soccer yes, ball, yes. not being able to go play <laughs> as you used to. Mm -hmm. How was that process? How, what do you remember of that season? You know, what's the funny part. The funny part is that I did a lot of things after my amputation. You know, before mm. my amputation, I was an introvert. You know, I, mm. I could play, but not as much as I played after my amputation. You know, because after right after my amputation, I, I I went back to soccer. I played soccer. You know, mm. and um, yeah, that 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 um, actually brought up a lot of confidence in it. And then I I didn't think about negative stuff the whole time. You know, mm. instead I converted a lot of negative stuff into positive stuff. You know, and um, yeah, it was not hard. It was not really as hard. hard. You are really yeah. a very positive guy. Mm. What what fuels that? What are the things that fuels your positivity? Because you speak positive. You you enter a room with a smile. Whenever I'm seeing your interviews and stuff, <coughs> what what is the thing? Against Oh man, it's just understanding the fundamentals of life. You know, for instance, um, I know that everything happens for a reason. Mm. You know, um, in everything I do, I do my best, you know, and I know where to hit at the point of time, at the right time. Mm -hmm. And then I know how to pick up my uh, my challenges. I know how to pick up my, um, <clears throat> uh, I don't know how to put it, but I know how to pick up my battles, you know. Mm. If something is not mine, if something is not mine, then I don't go for it. I just accept, like, okay, Musa, this is not for you. You're not cut out for that, you know. So mm. let's go look for something else. And mm. I don't believe in giving up, but I believe in, you know, um, go back and refresh, start up again. Mm. You know, that's what I believe in. Mm. So, yeah, the positivity comes from that place. Okay. 
everything happens for a reason acceptance you know and ignorance is bliss mm. mm. and i'm just thinking you know you as a child i'm assuming because you're playing soccer you have dreams of maybe becoming a soccer player and so forth and then you mm. have your leg amputated how do the dreams change and what mm. do you start to dream about then in terms of what you're going to do or what you're going to be in the future mm. um you know i'd say that uh, god has been in this journey for mm. from the from the day one you know yeah and um, I'm so blessed that he his presence was more when I was little boy, you know, mm. because everything happened accordingly, you know. After my amputation, I played soccer a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and he showed me that if you want to play soccer, you can, you know. I played with able bodies, and I was able to play soccer. Like they would come to my house in the morning, like Musa, please come and play with us, you know. Other people would pay me to come and join their team. You know stuff like that, and I'm like, and then it 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 gradually um uh it gradually went to like from soccer to music. I I I you know my family loves music, mm-hmm. and then I love music also. So um, music is my thing. So uh, one time we were celebrating uh, something, we were playing soccer and we won. So we did like a little party, and then um that's where my 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 dance journey started because my friends taught me how to dance you know they they threw um scotches on the floor and they were like use this do this and do this you know it was his pool and then i took it serious you know mm. and it took me like a few weeks to get it started and then after the i was able to dance like everybody else and then i joined local teams and it escalated to other things Mm. Yep. And your transition from so um you know you get out of the the hospital and you haven't learned how to use you know a prostate leg yet, as yet um do you then use a, a wheelchair for a while and how was you know um physio and all of that maybe just take us through the journey of of that oh um after amputation everybody goes um, they give them a wheelchair mm-hmm. uh. So my wheelchair um, period was just because I was still in hospital and I was still, you know, immobilized. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say that they actually gave me a wheelchair to, like, as my, you know, walking structure. Mm-hmm. No, it was just to travel around the world and all of that. Um, and then physiotherapy, uh, I had this special lady who actually taught me how to, he actually, she actually, you know, um, brought this positive person out of me you know because she didn't actually follow the rules how to teach a person to work with crutches mm. she actually taught me um to work with crutches on an uneven surface she, she just took me to the park and like okay take crutches let's walk just like that in her and it was my first time working with crutches oh. imagine the struggle to to walk on a on a slope now we're going down and i have to like you know correspond and coordinate with the gravity all of that happened in one day and then suddenly i'm like boom oh i know how to work with these now i can run Mm. now i teach other amputees how to work with them i teach Mm. other amputees how to turn fast you know Mm. yeah that's what happened i never had a real really rough page on my day i would say we're going to take an, a few ad breaks just quickly. And then when we come back, I want to speak about your journey with um, dance because I, you, you spoke about how you were introduced to dance through uh, your music and then your friends taught you how to dance. But then you made a decision that you wanted to become a professional dancer and you went to Vuyani Dance uh, uh, Studios in Bramfontein. 
well, in Newtown. So we're going to break down mm. what was your experience the first day you walked there and how did that, moving from street dancing to now exploring contemporary ballet and all of that, how was there a shift in your mindset that was required, your body? Was there something that you needed to adjust so that you are able to compete and stand in that platform? We're going to break that down. And also, we want to speak about the experience of, work, of working with Utreik uh, Nabosonis. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so let's take an ad and then we'll be back quickly all right cool my strength is for protection not harm my words to build not shatter my resources to uplift not exploit hope alive radio condemns and stands against all forms of gender-based violence no human life should suffer at the hands of another together let's stop this pandemic eroding our society and humanity hope alive radio Shaping minds for a better future. Feeling stressed? Low energy levels? Pains and aches? Dull skin? MSLM Ivy Lounge and Pain Management Clinic has the perfect solution that is tailored for you according to your lifestyle in a safe and tranquil environment. With our Ivy treatment, you alleviate stress, restore energy levels, boost your immune system from the inside, and restore your vitamin levels. Our drips are safe and optimal absorption is guaranteed as our pain medication, vitamins and minerals are delivered straight into your bloodstream, making them effective immediately. Feel younger, look younger and healthier with our IV therapy. Replenish, rehydrate and revitalize with MSLM IV Lounge from the inside out. Call us now on 066-590-3540. Or simply pop in at our Ivy Lounge at number 17 Edel Park Crescent, Birch Acres, Kempton Park. Follow us on Instagram at MSLM Ivy Lounge and on Facebook at MSLM Ivy Lounge and Pain Management Clinic. Our doctor and nurses are always ready to assist whatever your needs. All right, if you're just joining us, you are listening to the GMG Breakfast Show. It is a Wednesday, and it is a Winner's Wednesday. Every Wednesday, we are celebrating people in our winner's circle who we feel like they've got a story to tell that can inspire us to take that next step. You can send us your WhatsApp questions for our guest, Umusa, to 067-153-1089. On Twitter, we are Hope Alive underscore radio. Or uh, you can visit our Facebook page, Hope Alive Radio Station, and let us know what you are thinking so far about the conversation. Musa, are you still on the line? Yeah, I'm still here. Thank you so much. Let's dive into uh, the first day you enter Vianney Dance Studio. Number one, Gregory is one of the biggest uh, uh, contemporary artists in South Africa, currently even touring. So what is the? how do you meet him? How do you find yourself in that space? And what is was that experience the first day? Um, it was amazing, you know. Um, it was great, you know, making the decision that, you know, I want to switch to something else. It was really amazing. Uh, it, is, it was influenced by my mentor, Dumelin Shapani. Mm. He actually connected me with, um, with Vianney Dance Theater, and then they told me that they have uh, auditions. It was back in 2018, around February. So, um, yeah, I went there, man. I got there, and then, you know me, I was a Spooja guy. And then when I got there, uh, the atmosphere was very different. Mm. Everybody was wearing, you know, sweatpants. They were on their feet, bare feet, you know. I'm like, what is happening here? Mm. You know? I mean, I, I came with jeans, man. I came with <laughs> you know? uh, I don't know anything about it. 
You don't know about this life. Man just said, oh, I'm a tight. Long t-shirts. People are stretching there. And then when you got there, I mean, already we can't shift the fact that you were already different by the fact that they had never had a a person with a amputee, an amputee in the space. So how were you treated by the space? And did you feel challenged by how they were moving and you could not probably um, um, do the same things? What was your experience? Hey, my brother, it was a challenge. The minute I walked in the, st- in, in the, in the studio, it was really challenging because, first of all, I'm not used to stretching. Mm. You walk in, people are stretching. People, People's legs are on 90 degrees, you know? All of those, I'm like, how do I stretch? <laughs> That's the first thing. And then the second thing was when I danced, I used both my crutches, you know. Mm. Uh, and then when I got there, because I I, n- I never used my my arms, you know, I just used my arms to travel around. And then when I got there, they use arms like positions, you know, to turn. How do you turn? How do you do that? And then when Greg walked in, he's like, uh, okay, he greeted us, and then everybody quickly walked on their positions and I'm there I'm like okay what is going on you know that's the first challenge that I got like okay these people have a discipline that I don't have so I need mm. to adjust to that need to learn the culture you know? and did you any, yeah. did you experience any form of you know discrimination yes. because you know in that space where people are not used to you know seeing somebody who is like you um, did you experience any form of discri- discrimination do you feel Oh no, no, eh? Mm-hmm. I never did. Instead, they they actually sat sat down with me and they told me that we're not gonna treat any different, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna treat you like everybody else. And then I never got like special treatment. I was treated like everybody else. You know, if I can't get something, they told me, "Must you need to get this? Get your things together. You need to get this right. You know, you gotta perform this, and you need to get this right." Mm. So. That was that what I liked about them. That that actually shaped me to be the dancer that I am today. You know, I think of the possibilities not um, about oh no, I can't do this. Can you change it? Instead, I think about if I can do it this way. Let me try to do something similar to that. You know, mm. it's all about finding the possibilities. How do we work with each other? You work with the person who's in front of you. You know, the instructor you say, uh, let's go on ninety degrees leg. Yeah, run the jar, do what? And if I can't do it, I need to find a similar move to that and then we negotiate how do we do it. Mm. So that was how we work. How yeah. does that, how do you translate those lessons that you are taking from the dance floor when it comes to real life? Mm. Mm. Love that question. Um, it's, it's about adapt to adjust. Mm. That's it, man. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. Oh. I love that. And now let's get into the I think the question that I've been waiting <laughs> for the whole time. Um you worked with, you know, people like Samizi, you worked with Drake. How do you get into that space? Mm. Um, you know, just take us through the journey of how that opportunity arise and how you were able to to grab it with both hands. Uh, you know, it it it, it, it all goes with um your hard work will pay, will pay off, mm-hmm. you know, in future. So that's what happened. You know, I was just a dancer enjoying myself, enjoying fascinating people when I'm on stage. You can see there's people looking at me, mm, you know. Love that. And then that's where I actually got to have people like Somizi. Somizi, I met him in 2010 20, mm-hmm. when we were doing Disky Dance. I was, mm, I was, I was young, up. though. Mm. I couldn't, I couldn't, yeah. <laughs> 
I couldn't make it to the to the auditions because I was young, but they liked me. And that's where we actually started to know each other. He took my contact and then we started to work. And then in terms of Drake, we um we were doing we were actually um competing in the Red Bull B battle. Mm-hmm. And then in twenty in twenty twenty fourteen or thirteen, and then there were people who actually you know were exploring um, for his music videos, and then they saw us, and then they sent us to the auditions, and then you know um, likely we got to be the main dancers in his music video. Yeah, um, yeah. How was that experience? Because I saw in one of the clips where you speak about you were entering a room and he walked past everyone and just came to you and he called <laughs> you by name. How was that? How did you feel? Did you don't feel even like be the humble boss? about this. You both these vibes. Don't even lie to us. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It, it, it made me. Yeah. You got, you got me. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is, it is, it is really amazing. It was great, man. You know, because in that period of time, the last three months before the music video, I was listening to Drake, oh. and then they told us on the day of the music video on the spot that you, you guys are actually going for music video for for for, for Drake. And then when he came, he passed people all the like all of those people, <laughs> and then the manager told him Daisy, and then he came to him and then he greeted me. I was like. The first thing I was like, oh, this guy's hand is so soft. Why is he so cold? You know <laughs> soft life, soft money. <laughs> Bro, so yeah, that was it, man. I felt like I was dreaming. And then you call my name, like, are you Musa? I'm like, yeah, bro. <laughs> Say my name. What? <laughs> Let's talk about the fact that I mean, you are a young, twenty-five-year-old who's yeah. dynamic, who's had such great exposure in terms of travel and also in terms of working with some of the greats in the industry. What have you taken away that you would like to share with your peers? But also, I mean, being a young man who's getting all these opportunities and um, also getting—I mean, you making your own bag. Mm-hmm. How are you keeping yourself? Self-disciplined. Um, I was telling Greg. I'm sorry for referring. I like to rephrase. Yeah, no, it's no, all go good. For it. I was, okay, I was telling um Gregory Macoma. I think two years ago that you know I admire how he actually treated himself. Mm. You know, he walked into a room and then he actually humbled himself to an extent that you would talk to him the way you want, and then he will never tell you who he is. Mm. You know, he just be humble about it. We went to University of KZN. Um, and then he actually have a, a syllabus that is actually talking about him. Students are writing an exam about him, you mm. know. And then I'm like, why are you so humble? And he's like, the first fundamental of life is just to be humble. Forget oh. about who you are mm. and focus on what you can do for people, mm. what you can do, what do you offer in this life? And then, mm. you know, continue to be humble. So that's that's actually the ways that um, I live by every day. You know, mm. I don't really have to put everything that I did in front. Mm. Actually, it, it's fine if you find out later who mm. I am than me telling you who Musa is. Mm. Beautiful. I absolutely love that. And Musa, as we're about to wrap up this conversation, what is it that you want people to take from your story, mm. um, from your from your life journey as well? Um. I'd say um, stay positive at all times and then um, cancel with like uh, a candidate and then cancel with like excuses. Mm-hmm. Don't make up excuses if you can't do anything. Um, don't be afraid to lose. Don't be scared to lose. 
you can lose, you come back five times. Um, <clears throat> always know that you, you are the best version of yourself. And they know that you didn't come on this earth for no reason. You, ha- you actually have a special reason for you to be here. You know, God made you for a reason, meaning that when you go to this earth, you were born. And then the special thing about you is that the world needs you because everybody is here for a reason. So that itself must inspire you to be the best version of yourself. And don't ever under- underestimate yourself. Know that... You are the best and nobody can be the best than you are. Mm. How has COVID quickly um, affected you also? Because as a dancer, you always need to be dancing and stuff. And now that you're not able to go to studios and all of that, how has COVID affected you? Long story short, four tours, four international tours have been cancelled last Mm. year and this year. So, uh, yeah, that's how it affected me. <laughs> I've, been, I've been home. Those euros and dollars. I... Esh, askis. Askis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, um, quickly, before we wrap up, I have two more questions. One, what do you yeah. do for fun? Like, what is that thing that you like, mm. egg, I do for fun, or I do this to spoil myself? You know, what makes you exciting? So for fun, I listen to the word of God and I play with my dogs. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it. Love that. And then, what is your dream? Your st- what is still your greatest dream for yourself? Oh yes, that's enough. The question. My dream is to actually have an opportunity to um, to give people the fundamentals of life that I have and mm. transform them into the best version of themselves. Mm. Mm. I thought you'd say something like maybe dance for Beyonce or uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you must do. We're gonna dare you as the GMG team. Do a video, te- put it on social media, and say Beyonce, hello. Just say hello. I promise you, the next time we'll be seeing you in that video. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Thank, you, Thank so you so much, much for pulling through mm-hmm. and uh, your story is inspirational, but yeah. more than your story, just your spirit. Mm-hmm. We can tell that there is God in your life yes. and we feel him, we see him. May this journey ahead be one filled with great adventures. We look forward to uh, seeing you more doing your great work on mm-hmm. stage. And Absolutely. when when, we, when you are there, we're going to come greet you. Please don't <laughs> ignore us. <laughs> <laughs> you must respond the same way you responded to today. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot my thank friend have so a fantastic much. day thank you thank you guys for the opportunity yeah. cheers cheers that's how we wrap up we're going to play the song from the greatest showman mm-hmm. uh, this is it um